enter into a new year because new years bring the opportunity for us to consider all kinds of new things. Now, I'm personally not a New Year's resolution kind of guy. Like, I don't make a lot of resolutions when the new year rolls around. I do think it's a good time for setting goals, and so I like to set goals. I don't think that's the same as resolutions. Uh, I, like to, I like to evaluate and plan for the new year. I like to think about where things will be headed and where my life has been and what's been happening in, in the past year. So all of that I, I do as we roll into a new year. But the thing about resolutions in particular that I uh, kind of get hung up on personally is the fact that uh, people make resolutions and, and they don't necessarily always intend to keep them. Now that maybe has more to do with the person making the resolution than the resolution or the idea of making a resolution itself. And, and I get that as well. But I, I think that naturally as we go into 2022, all of us are probably in some way at a place where we, we are evaluating things, thinking about thinking about your calendar and your schedule for the new year, thinking about uh, maybe there are perhaps habits that you're trying to introduce in the new year, things that you're wanting to do differently in 2022 than what you did in 2021 or in, in the past. Perhaps if nothing else, it's at, at the very least for you, the opportunity to launch into a new year full of promise, even if you don't intend to do anything differently than the way that you've been doing. Maybe you're happy about everything about your life and everything the way that it is, and, and you intend to keep doing things the same in 2022 as you were doing in 2021. I think all of us recognize that there's some newness that comes with a new year. And one of the things that I think we would all do well to, to make a priority, and I would say, I would dare say the, the highest priority for our lives in the new year is that we would Make the commitment to abide in Christ. And what does that even mean for us? That's really what I want us to talk about and think about this morning, that what it means for us to abide in Christ. So the word abide comes from the meaning of the word to dwell or to live among. And in fact, in John chapter 15, in, in those verses that Lindsay read for us, he uses the word abide numerous times, but he actually uses a similar form. John, the gospel writer, uses a similar form of that same verb in the, uh, the previous chapter, in John chapter 14. In fact, if you go back to John chapter 14, now he's sharing the words of Jesus in all of this, right? So John is just relating to us what Jesus taught his disciples. But in John chapter 14, Jesus says, in my father's house, are many dwelling places, and I go there to prepare a place for you. The, the word dwelling places, sometimes we, we you may be familiar with a, a version of that that says rooms or perhaps even mansions. There's the, you know, the old King James version, the, the mansions. That comes from the word, the noun form of this verb, abide. So the, the verb form of that word is, is meno in the Greek language, but the noun form of that same word is the word that shows up there in dwelling, place, dwelling places. And then if you look in chapter 14, look in chapter 14, look in verse 27. Jesus, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give? Let not your heart be troubled, nor let them be afraid. And, and so he's going on and he's talking then about what it means. You've heard me say that I'm going away. I will come again. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going 
to the Father, and the Father is greater. And so he's setting the stage, okay? This is what he's doing. He's setting the stage for the fact that he's going to dwell with the Father and that those who trust in him, those who believe in him, can dwell with him, can abide with or take up residence with him. Think about where you grew up. Think about the place that you grew up. Now, for some, it was right here in Chickasha, and so you live in your hometown, and, and, and you live in the place that perhaps you've lived for all of your life or, or, or most of your life. But for also many of us in the room as well, we, when we think of hometown, we think of somewhere else. When you think of where you're from, personally, I grew up in Moore, Oklahoma, which was a great place to grow up. This was before it was known as the place that tornadoes just seemed to have it out for, right? This was in my childhood. Moore was kind of just a sleepy suburb of South Oklahoma City. It wasn't nearly as big or it, it didn't have nearly all the things that it has now. In fact, when you go to Moore now and you drive down streets, we'll, we'll often be doing this and uh, I'll be with, you know, we'll have the kids in the car perhaps, and I'll just say, all of this, all these restaurants, all these places, this just used to be fields. This was nothing. There was, there was nothing here. And in fact, um, last Sunday night, we went to see a movie together. And, and so we had a little bit of extra time to kill between uh, dinner and, and before we saw the movie. And so I thought, well, we'll just drive by my grandparents' old house. And so we drove out by my grandparents' house, the, the house where my grandparents lived when I was growing up. And, and again, there's all this new construction and new homes and all these things around. And I was just telling the kids, like, none of this was here. This Literally, I used to play in this open field where there are lots of houses now. And we see changes and things that happen like that. When we think about your hometown, you think about your roots, you think about the place where you grew up, the place where you're from, right? I want to connect with those emotions. That's the reason that I want to get you thinking about those things and the emotions that you have that are related to that. Because I think in the heart of that, in the heart of those feelings that we get when we think about where we're from, then leads us to understand really that we should abide in Christ and what it means to abide in Christ, to dwell with him, means that we would connect in a similar kind of way. So as Jesus says, abide in me, remain in me, or take up residence with me, live with me, what he's telling us is let's build a life together, the life that you have, the life that you're living, the life that you want to live, Jesus is saying. Let's build that together. Well, the way that we do that, of course, is to abide in Christ. And so I want us to see three things particularly from, in specific, in John chapter 15, verse 5. We read, uh, Lindsay read for us verses 4 through 11, and, and that's the greater context. But I want us to focus specifically on what Jesus says in verse 5, and, and three things that we will see that happen when we abide in Christ. The first thing is this, abiding in Christ is a product of faith. It's a product of faith. And so when, when I say that, what, what I want you to hear, what I want you to understand is that the only way that you can abide in Christ the way that Jesus is calling us to abide in him is by placing your faith and your trust in him. It doesn't happen through church attendance. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, attend church with me. He's not saying, come to Sunday school with me. He's not saying, right, it, it's not about how frequently or regularly you show up to this place or you show up for corporate worship, but it's about, it's about dwelling with Christ, abiding with Christ day in and day out. 
You with him, him with you. You know, botanists uh, long ago figured out a process of how they can take two different types of plants and, and they can graft the one into the other so that they can, they can take one type of, of plant and they can graft its branches onto another plant so that what's produced is something altogether new, a hybrid form. And that's what comes to mind when I hear Jesus say, abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches, he's saying. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So we're to abide in Christ, we're to dwell with Christ, remain in Christ in order that we might produce fruit. But that happens as we trust in him, as we place our faith and our trust in him. It's a product of faith. Without faith in Jesus, you cannot abide in Christ because without faith in Jesus, all you're doing is going through a set of motions, a, a series of uh, a checklists. You're, you're, you're following a, a blueprint. You're following a plan, perhaps, but there's, there's no real faith behind it. The way that we abide with Christ is to, is to put our faith and our trust in him to acknowledge him as the Lord, the Savior of our lives. It's a product of faith. And then as we grow in that faith, as we, as we develop and spiritually mature in that faith, then we will, we will remain with him. The other things will come. You will want to come to church. You will want to be a part of a body of believers. You will want to fellowship with others. You will want to connect. You will want to serve. You will want to, uh, to, to see God work in your life and through you to reach others. All of that happens as a product of faith, as the Holy Spirit stirs us and moves in us and empowers us to, to live by faith. So abiding in Christ is a product of faith. The second thing I want us to see about abiding in Christ is this. Abiding in Christ produces fruit. Produces fruit. Jesus says plainly, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Abiding in Christ produces fruit. What is the fruit that Jesus is talking here? What we all think of the fruit of the Spirit. At least that's what I think of, and I suppose you probably do as well, right? In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia, and he, he describes the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These virtues that are ours through faith in Jesus by the abiding presence of his Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. We produce fruit by abiding in Christ. Because see, when we abide in Christ, when we trust in Christ, now his Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, to reside with us so that we can produce fruit. It's the product of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. It's a, a product of spiritual discipline. As we think about a new year, maybe one of the things that you might be thinking about in the new year are some disciplines that you want to develop, right? Going back to the whole idea of, the, whole idea of uh, the new year's resolution and the new habits and things, perhaps you're, you're thinking about some disciplines that you want to develop in the new year. And I, I want to tell you that there is no discipline that you can develop that will, 
that will produce the kind of results in your life, like spending time daily with the Lord. If you will make the commitment to spend time with him day after day, to be in his word, to spend time in prayer, to study the word of God, and and all of those things, that will produce fruit in your life. It will produce a sort of uh, spiritual fruit that comes through developing discipline, just much like physical discipline, which is, again, why Paul instructs Timothy that he says that, that physical training, physical discipline is of some value, but he says that godliness is of value in all things. And so we want to develop spiritual disciplines in our lives that will make us more like Jesus, that will help us to produce fruit as we abide in Christ. Disciplines like time in the Word, disciplines like uh, spending time in prayer, disciplines like engaging with others so that you can study and, and, and grow by iron sharpening iron, so to speak, that by, by encouraging and, and, and re- rebuking when necessary and, 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 and pushing each other to be your best and praying for one another. Right? These things happen as we gather together. That's why we, we want to encourage you to find a Sunday school class to plug into. Find a small group of people that you can, that you can meet regularly with, that you can encourage one another. You can, you can uh, push one another and, 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 and exhort one another. A, that's a good biblical word, right? That we would, that we would Encourage each other to grow in our faith, to strengthen in our faith, to produce fruit, the fruit that comes through discipline. And so we want to develop spiritual disciplines. But there's two things about this idea that I think are easy to miss. Two things particularly about the way that Jesus has worded this that I want us to see. The first is the word that he uses here when he's talking about the, the process of spiritual fruit. He uses the word bear, right? Jesus says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Now that word bear is important because what we want is we want the fruit to just happen, to just show up. But if you've, if you've ever watched fruit grow, you know fruit doesn't just appear overnight. It, it, it's a process. Growth is a process that happens. And that's the way that it works in our lives as well spiritually. Growth takes time. It's a process. We bear fruit. It doesn't just show up overnight. You don't trust in Christ. And now you have uh, limitless amounts because of the Holy Spirit in you. You have a limitless, a limitless supply of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self. Wouldn't it be great if that were the way that it worked? You trust in Jesus by faith, and now you just have it all. Well, I suppose in a sense we do have it all when we have Jesus, but it's not all done working in us yet. There's a process that has to happen. There's a process that takes time as we grow in our faith, as we grow in Christ. So we bear fruit. That's an important word. It, it, it grows. The second word is the word much. So it's both It's both how the fruit comes, and then it's also how much fruit comes, because Jesus says he will bear much fruit. See, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, when you've trusted in Jesus by faith, you do have now, you have the Spirit of God alive in you, so that the same Holy Spirit that 
that Jesus promises to his disciples here in the very context of what he's teaching them in John 14, 15 is the same Holy Spirit that you and I have, the same Holy Spirit that will walk with us, that will guide us, that will lead us day by day as we trust Christ, as we lean into him, as we live with these spiritual disciplines. And so we want to abide in Christ so that we will bear much fruit Fruit is a sign of health. There's, uh, there's an example in the Gospels of where Jesus uses a tree that, uh, that, wasn't, that was dead, essentially, and it wasn't producing fruit, and he, and he uses it as sort of an object lesson with his disciples. And he says that the reason that this tree isn't producing fruit is because it's dead, that a dead tree won't produce fruit. Well, the same is true in a spiritual sense in our lives. That if we are not abiding in Christ, if we are living a life that is spiritless, powerless, in our own strength, not leaning into the strength of the Holy Spirit and trusting in Him, if we, if we, have, if we don't have faith in Jesus in the first place, then we can't produce spiritual fruit. It's a sign of life. But not only is it a sign of life and health, but it's a part of God's rich blessing in our lives as well. That as we trust in him, as we walk with him, as we abide in Christ, the fruit that we produce is a part of God's blessing that he pours out, his favor that he gives us. So we see that abiding in Christ is the product of faith. Abiding in Christ produces fruit. But then the last thing I want us to see is that abiding in Christ prevents failure. Prevents failure. Now, it's important that you understand what I'm saying here because it would be easy to twist this and manipulate this into something that I don't mean. I, I don't mean that if you trust in Jesus, you'll never make a mistake, you'll never sin, you'll never stumble, you'll never fall. That's not what I mean. This is really the way I'm phrasing this, the way I want to I want to position this is sort of an argument uh, from, from absence in a sense. So what I want to do is point out what Jesus said, but then I want to base my argument on what he didn't say, okay? Because what Jesus says is he says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But what that implies, I believe, is that it's only through him that we can really do anything. And when I say that, I don't mean in the most literal sense. Can you get up? Can you, can, you, can you go through your day? Can you go to work? Can you earn an income? Can you take care of your family? Can you coach your kids in sports? Can you uh, have a vacation with your family? Can you have some leisure? Can you create a life that you might find enjoyment and fulfillment in to some degree? Yes. To a great degree, perhaps even yes. But I'm here to tell you that apart from faith in Jesus, all of that is nothing. It's nothing. That it's only through faith in Christ that we can do things that will last, things that will stand the test of time, things that are really worth committing and devoting our lives to. And so when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, what I want you to hear is that it's only through Christ that we can do anything that is really worth doing. It's only through Jesus that we can do anything that's, that's going to stand ultimately the test of time, the test of eternity. When we commit our lives to him, when we devote our lives to him, we have the opportunity to invest in and store up treasures in heaven 
to, we have the opportunity to, to, to commit our lives and invest our lives in things that are of eternal value, eternal consequence, the same way that the Lord invested in us, that he's given his life for us. This isn't talking about success versus failure in the materialist sense or, the, or the, maybe just in the sense that we think of success and failure most naturally. But this is talking about success in the sense of is what I'm going to do this year in 2022 or the things that I'm going to devote my life to, the things that I'm going to commit myself to, are these going to be things that are of, of an eternal kingdom value, Christ's kingdom? Am I going to build his kingdom? Maybe you've heard of the, the famed preacher C.T. Studd. Even if you don't know who C.T. Studd is, maybe you've heard these words that he shared once. He said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. See, the way that we, the way that we do things that will last ultimately, the, the way that we invest our lives in things that, that matter is to abide in Christ and to do it through faith in Jesus, empowered by his Holy Spirit to produce the fruit that comes through the work of the Spirit. Do you want to have that kind of an, of, of an eternal impact? Do you want to make that kind of difference in, in the lives of your family members, in the lives of your friends, your co-workers, your church family, your neighbors, the, the, the people that are in our community? You want to have that kind of a kingdom impact in 2022? I'm telling you, it won't happen unless you will abide in Christ. But if you will abide in Christ, then the Holy Spirit will be at work in you and you will be able to produce fruit. You will bear much fruit, as Jesus says. And the key, of course, is that we would abide in Christ. Good things happen when you abide in Christ. Let me say that again because it's a simple statement, but... I think that it's one that we need to hear and that we need to hold on to. Good things happen when you abide in Christ. Let us make the commitment together that we will abide in Christ in this new year. Let us make the commitment together that we will, even as we sang earlier, that we will build our lives on that firm foundation so that as the, the storms rage and, and the winds howl, that our lives will stand the test of time. That comes through abiding in Christ. The last thing that I want to share is just a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and, and the church in Corinth is an interesting uh, case study because the church in Corinth had a lot of problems. I mean, they, they had a lot of problems that they were going through. And so as Paul's writing both in First and Second Corinthians, he's addressing some of those problems. And in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, he says to them these words. He's talking about the, the foundation. He says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day. And he uses, you notice if you're reading that with me, it's the, 
capital letter D, day, because he's talking about the coming day of judgment, the day of the Lord that we talked about a few weeks ago. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So what Paul is saying, essentially, is unless you build your life on the foundation of Jesus, what you do won't stand ultimately the test of time. And he says there's a day coming and that day will reveal at like, like, like a fire that will burn and all the things that are not of eternal value will, will burn up. They will, they will disintegrate in this fire of, of, of judgment, this coming day of judgment. Only the things that are done for the kingdom of God, only the things that are done in the name of Christ will stand the test of time. That's exactly what Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15. Without me, he says, you can do nothing. With me, as you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. My encouragement to you this year is that you would make the commitment to abide in Christ, that you might bear much fruit. And this year and and every year, come. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of response, a time of invitation. And in our time of invitation this morning, I hope that that God is stirring your heart and that you're ready to make a commitment today to say, Lord, I want to abide in you. Now, for some, that may mean taking the first step of faith by placing your faith and your trust in Jesus. There may be someone here this morning among us who would say, you know, today is the day that I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Today is the day that I would confess him as Lord and Savior so that I might abide in him. It's a product of faith, remember? And without faith in Jesus, you cannot abide in him. And so the first step, if you've never trusted in Christ, the first step is simply to place your faith and trust in him that you might surrender your life to him so that you can abide in him, that you can dwell with him. But if you've taken that step, then the next step is, is simply the next day and every day thereafter and every moment of every day to say, Lord, I want to be surrendered to you. I want to be yielded to you. I want to live for you. I want to focus my life on you. I want to abide in you as I make you the, the, the priority of my life, living for you, living in the power of your Holy Spirit, bearing fruit as I trust you, as I walk by faith, as I lean into spiritual discipline, as I seek to be used by you and to, to use the, the giftedness you've given me for your kingdom and your, and your glory. Today, if the Lord is speaking to you and you're ready to renew that commitment and say, God, I want to abide in you, then then I pray that you would respond in a a way that's commiserate this morning in our invitation. And you can do that just simply by coming and kneeling here at the altar as we sing this song. And you can just use this as the the space, the place where you meet with the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I want to commit my life to you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to kneel here. You can do it simply where you're seated this morning or if you've joined us on our stream, even just uh, on your couch or driving along in your car if you're listening on the radio. You can make the commitment. But I want to encourage you with this that you would, not only that you would make the commitment, but that you would have the, the boldness to act on it. And, and that's why I think there's something special that happens when we come to the altar, when you share that with someone else, is because there's some built-in accountability in sharing that or in being seen and making that commitment that others would know she wants to commit her life. She wants to abide in Christ. He wants to remain faithful as he dwells with Jesus this year and in the days to come. And so if the Lord is stirring your heart in that way, even as we sing this morning, I pray that you would come, that you would, you would renew that commitment to abide in Christ in this year. I'm gonna lead us in a word of prayer. And after I pray, then our, our musicians are gonna come. They're gonna lead us 
in a song of invitation. And while that song plays, Brad and I are going to be here at the front. And we would love to pray with you. If you're ready to surrender your life to Christ today, or maybe just pray to encourage you as you take those next steps, committing to abide in Jesus in this new year. However the Lord is stirring, I pray that you would respond in obedience to him this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, we are grateful for this moment when we've gathered together, grateful that we can build our lives on that foundation of faith because you acted first. You reached out to us while we were lost in our sins. Lord, you took the first step to demonstrate your love to us, to offer your life as payment for our sin, that we could be forgiven and set free and, and go on to build our lives on that foundation of faith. And as we seek to do that, as we seek to abide in you, Lord, produce spiritual fruit in us. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts to produce those fruit of the Spirit that the Word talks about, to lead us to trust you and, and, and yield our lives to you as we abide in you, remain in you this year. Would you move in us? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand together this morning and as we sing this song of response, again, our altar is open. Our staff are going to be here at the front. If God is speaking to you, we would encourage you, you would respond in obedience to him this morning. Rise, my soul, arise. God's in control. You're not alone. to his life his plans are good you're on his side got a perfect peace you are here with me on this raging sea it's true you won't
rest our souls in him, trusting that in Jesus, we have everything, everything that we need to live the life that he's called us to live. I love particularly the words that we sang there that say, I will call on your name. You're above my circumstance. My life is in your hands. That is so true. And so I want to encourage you today that you would look to him, that you would call on his name, trusting that your life is in his hands. And there's no better place to be than in the hand of Jesus as you trust in him, as you follow him by faith. And as we do that, as we abide in him, may his Holy Spirit work in us that we would bear much fruit. Amen. I invite you to have a seat this morning. As you do that, I want to just draw your attention again briefly to the registration card that Brad pointed out earlier in our service today. If you're a guest, a newcomer worshiping with us, we would encourage you to fill this out. You can go to our website, fbcchickasha.org slash connect, and there you can fill out the uh, same information that we would be able to uh, pray with you, pray for you, encourage you as you take next steps to get plugged in, connected in some way in the life of our church. All right, I'm gonna ask our men to take their place for our offering this morning. And as our men are uh, getting situated around the room uh, and, and we're preparing for the offering, let me just share a little something. Uh, this is sort of unofficial, okay? This isn't, this isn't any, any official count. We'll wait until uh, in a couple of weeks when we've closed the books on 2021 and we will have our January business meeting that will come in a few weeks. But I want to just celebrate a little bit of your faithfulness as a church to give because last year our budget for the, for the year sat a little bit north of $1.2 million. And uh, we'll see where the dust all settles, but to the best of my simple math, uh, I think in actuality, we gave somewhere around $1.6 million last year. And, and here's what's something that's even bigger than that. Nearly half a million of that, almost half a million of that came in in the month of December alone this past month. We had a, a fantastic finish to the year giving. And, and the reason is because you're faithful to give, because you're faithful to use what God has blessed you with and to steward those resources for his kingdom and, and his glory. And so I'm excited when we do get to that point in a few weeks of sharing our um, our, our year-end report with, with the January business meeting. We kind of closed this. I'm excited to see where it all is officially, but it was fantastic. We know that. And, and, and it's a testimony to the faithful giving, the faithful stewardship of resources of the people in this church. And I just want to say, uh, praise God for that. Praise God for his blessing. Now let's use it. Let's continue to use it for his kingdom and his glory as we seek to reach people literally to the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus. Let's pray together, then we'll receive our offering this morning while we're receiving the offering. Brad will come and share some announcements. Lord, we are so grateful for all that you've done, all that you continue to do. God, we are blessed beyond any measure of what we deserve. And as we place our faith and our trust in you, and as we look to you, God, will you continue to work in our church, work in our lives, and use us to share the gospel of Jesus in this community, in our homes, with our families, in our schools, in our places of work, but beyond this community even, into our, our surrounding area, our, our, our county, our state, our nation, and literally to the ends of the earth. Lord, use us to reach people with the, the love of Christ. All this we pray in your name. Amen. Good morning, church. I want to thank you for being here and those of you watching online and listening to us. 
few things that I want to draw your attention to as we begin the new year is a reminder that tomorrow our offices will be closed as we uh, celebrate, uh, uh, the observe the holiday, uh, New Year's holiday. Uh, so we will not be in, uh, in the office tomorrow, but on Tuesday everything will resume back to normal, including school. So there's that for all of you that are really excited about that. Yeah. So anyway, my kids are real, really excited about going to school Tuesday. Um, teachers report tomorrow, so that's fun as well. But um, everything will be re resuming on Wednesday night as well. Our evening meal, our Wednesday evening meal at six o'clock. Our activities for children, youth, and adults from six fifteen to seven thirty. So uh, everything January fifth back to normal. So that's going to be great. Really excited to get back in the swing of things as we begin the uh, spring semester. Men's breakfast will be next. Um, Sunday as well, and we'll be there at 8 a.m. in the fellowship hall, so don't miss that. Uh, food pantry, other things going on, Sunday school groups, if you're not connected. I knew one of the, one of the Sunday school leaders uh, introduced herself this morning to someone in their Sunday school class. It was really kind of funny. Uh, but if you are not connected to a Sunday school group, please, please, please don't hesitate and find one that fits for you. We're uh, really looking forward to getting back in that as well. Uh, weather hindered us today, but next week we're looking forward to that. And then also uh, go to our website and see past sermons, other things that are going on in our church, in our community. 